Hello, I'm Emily Bellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. Investing helps us grow our savings, build wealth, and support projects we believe in. But the gender wage gap and other barriers often put women at an investing disadvantage compared to their male counterparts. We also have a £15 billion gender investment gap in the UK. I strongly believe that we can change these stats. So what do we need to do to boost our investing confidence and where do we start? A few weeks ago at the Vespot Money Matters Festival, I asked Mira, our podcast producer, to record a few questions from you. So today we have two questions about women and investing. Say hello to Rewarding Banking. With Chase Bank, you get 1% cash back on your everyday debit card spending for a year, a slick numberless debit card to help keep your details private, and round-the-clock access to the Chase customer support team if you ever need a hand. Download the Chase Banking app to open your free account. You must be over 18 and a UK resident to apply. Cashback exceptions apply. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. Hi, I'm Delphine, and my question would be why uh, us as women we feel like we cannot enter the investing world. Why do we feel that it's very uh, a men thing compared to us? Hi, my name's Janaki Dokia, and the question I want to ask today is um, if men and women have the same level of knowledge about investments, why is it that we're still seeing um, a lower number of women investing, whether that's into the markets, into their pension? Like, is it a confidence thing or is there more factors around that as to why there is less women um, investing? Thank you for your question. So first of all, don't beat yourself up if you haven't gotten started investing. We're here to help you actually do that. Perhaps one of the main barriers to women who want to get into investing is the nature of the financial industry. Tend to be male-orientated, often failing to recognize and, and cater to women. Financial products are also often laden with dragon and have an alienating nature about them. So it's normal to feel some discomfort about getting started. I also feel that because we haven't received any financial education, formal financial education over our life, and we don't usually talk about money and, you know, we don't talk about investing either, that also put us in a tricky situation where we don't really know where to start, who to talk to. And that's why at Vespod we made it really core to our mission to have these like money conversations about money. And that's also what we're doing with, with the wallet. Again and again, I read articles mentioning that women don't invest. It's actually not true. And it's also quite depressing. You know that investing in cru is, is crucial. You know that you need to invest. So we should think more positively about making it more inclusive. We've made it our mission at Vespod and hope to debunk the myth for you and make investing part of your financial well-being journey and make sure you're doing it with confidence and with pride. You know why you should be investing for the long term. Investing will help you achieve your goals. With investing, you want to at least keep up with inflation. You want to make your saving grow. I mean, it's hard enough to save money, but now you also have this big responsibility of funding your future self's 
journey. Like what happens when you're going to stop working? Who's going to pay your bill? So you need to build up this pot of money to be able to pay you an income for when you retire and you want to make sure that this money is growing over time. So instead of keeping all your money in cash, I mean, cash is crucial. You need your emergency savings, of course, before you start um, investing. But then what do you do with this, this extra money and this money that you will save for the long term? You want to benefit from compound interest. You want to make it grow. You want to invest it so that you get a bigger pot at the end of the of the journey. With an inflation at 10% at the time of recording this podcast episode versus saving rates of between zero to maybe 2%, maybe 5% in some circumstances, you see that you're losing purchasing power over time. And that's going to be an issue for future you and for your future money. So we've done a lot of work on why investing, but today we want to talk more specifically about why we may make great investors and what can what have I learned from the Vespod community? What are the things you've done where I've been a big supporter of female investors? And what are the things I've learned from women in the Vespod community who are learning about investing, who have started investing? And what are the things they have been sharing that made that are making their financial journey um, a success? So we keep on saying this at Vespod, women do make great investors. Studies show that women spend more time researching their investment choices, are more likely to invest for the long term rather than the short term. So making a quick buck like day trading that carries a lot more risk. So let's talk about two things today. The first thing, women do invest well. And then we'll talk about the first steps, the step by step on how to start investing. Women are leveling up and recent research show a record number of women now investing money outside of, of the retirement. So once we pass the, you know, gender stereotypes about what an investor look like, and if I ask you, you know, take a second and think about what an investor look like. A lot of you will tell me, oh, it's a man, it's the wolf of Wall Street. Um, actually, no, it's not all about, you know, being rich, being a white man or being an expert in investing. Um, conversations about investing have traditionally been patronizing towards women with the assumption that, you know, we are too risk adverse or, you know, women lack the necessary uh, knowledge needed to be a successful investor. But actually, you can um, achieve better investment outcomes by paying a little bit more attention and learning from how women invest. So just a few points. Focus on the long term and don't overreact. I've seen women holding their investments a bit longer than men and not actually panicking where, when markets are volatile, when markets are turbulent. So I think it's keeping in mind your long-term goals, keeping your eyes on the price, but it's a long-term price. It's like future you is your future family. So it's really focusing on these long-term goals instead of overreacting to what's happening in the short term in the stock market. Then there's something to be said about confidence. You often hear that women lack confidence when it comes to investing or when it comes to managing finances. Actually, it may be a good thing because a healthy level of confidence, of course, is necessary to carry on with your investments and to be able to even, you know, look into your investment portfolio or look at, you know, how much money you have on your bank accounts. But you don't want to be overconfident. And sometimes that's what we see um, on financial market is, you know, investors that tend to be overconfident tend also to make mistakes. So it's always admitting our own mistakes because we all make mistakes with our investments. I make mistakes with my investments all the time. 
admitting our mistakes, being humble and being quite disciplined when it comes to investing. And that has been proven by, by research and it's something that women do well. And I would add that for me, it's also talking about these mistakes, talking about how you invest things, what are your principles, because that will definitely help others. Something else that I've observed working with women is that they invest consistently. One of the big issues in investing, especially with panic selling, is that if you've been watching the market, you see the market coming down, you sell all your investments, you may actually never enter the market again. And there's a lot to say about spending time in the market versus timing the market. It's never the perfect time to invest. And if you try to find this perfect time of, oh, you know, I'm going to wait until the market is at that level or the share price of this stock is there to start investing my money, you may miss some of the best days in the stock market. So with the community, we've been looking at trying to set a fixed amount of money that you feel comfortable with, that you will invest regularly in the stock market. That can be weekly, that can be monthly, and automatically that goes into your pension, that goes into your stocks and shares, your investment account, and this money is automatically invested in the stock market. So you try to remove this decision of, you know, when do I buy? And you try to automate your investment. And it's a little bit like, you know, set it and and, and leave it. This is also co- called pound cost averaging. It's like one of the methodologies um, to invest. And that can help you smooth out your investment returns, especially if you don't have a lot of time to look at your investments. And if you want to make sure you invest regularly in the stock market. Something else we're discussing quite often is really ignoring the noise and do your own research. Investing has become these like super trendy things. And you see more and more um, young people actually investing money, which is fantastic. A lot of new investment platforms. But sometimes there's so much choice. And we look at these like social trading apps and and you feel like, you know, you're missing out because you should buy this stock because someone has told you to do so. So for me, it's don't follow, you know, your friend's advice. Don't follow the trendy, hot investment advice. You know, of course, yeah, you see a lot of things on, on social media. It's always very tempting, but always go back to your research. Always go back to what you know. Um, online resources, an advisor if you have one, your book. So try to make better decisions over time. And if you really don't know what you're doing, there's a lot of platforms that can help you also build your portfolio for you. And you can just, you know, take on their guidance and use all these ready-made portfolios that will help you, you know, build your investment strategy. Women are also really interested in aligning their investments with their values and their goals. 90% of millennial women said that social and environmental causes and issues are very important and drive much of what they do. I find it like a massive motivation to try to align where I put my money with, with my values and my goals. And that has helped me shape my investment strategy over time. Remember that women will own more than 60% of the UK's wealth by 2025. Um, so that's amazing that we're having these conversations about making more ethical, sustainable choices, especially when we lock our money away for the longer term. Another point of the conversation that's really important uh, that I've learned from women is this conversation about risk. Risk can be a bad word for some, but we really embrace the notion of risk and we're having a very honest conversation. We had our uh, investing bootcamp last night and it was the second session and we've been talking about 
what do we think is risky? How can we evaluate how risky, how much risk we should take with, with our investments? And contrary to popular belief, women are risk aware and they're not risk adverse. And that will help us really take calculated decisions, being a, a lot more intentional without our, our money. We understand that it's not perfect, but we understand that for a slightly higher risk, we are expecting a slightly higher return. So the amount of risk you're taking will depend on a lot of things like your age. Are you in your 20s and investing for like 40 years? Are you in your 50s and investing for 10 years or 20 years? Um, it's also going to be dependent on your financial health. Do you have any more savings? Um, do you have any debt that you need to repay? And also your financial resilience. What if? What if a shock? What if something happens to you? Will you have the money to, re to recover from this financial shock? So we're all different when it comes to risk. But what I've seen is that women are actually taking risk with, with their investments and that taking some risk is needed. And remember that keeping all your money in cash is also very risky because of inflation. Inflation is actually eroding your purchasing power over time. So that's not going to be the solution for you. Are you happy to take more risk and actually expect your money to grow and make it work a lot more for your future? So we've seen through research that women great, make great investors. And this is despite having less money to invest, maybe despite, you know, the systemic shortcomings and, and, and challenges. So we're really here to celebrate women investors in their journey, even if they start with, with very little money and see them grow their pots over, over the long term. Hi, my name is Liz. Where do I start with in terms of investing? I have a background of working in the NHS, so don't have a clue apart from saving and buying a property. Where can I start with and um, where can I access basic information that's easy for me to understand to start investing? So getting started investing seems like a mountain that's impossible to, to climb, but education here is going to be really key. I would invite you to ignore a little bit of, you know, the noise, maybe the dragon, all the negativity around women, gender gap and wealth gap and pension gap, and think about what can you change for yourself. Educating yourself about investing, you can definitely do that. That's something, you know, we're working on on Vespa and we're also working on, you know, changing the financial um, services industry on your behalf. But you really have to take a step-by-step -step approach to investing. You can't learn everything from on, on, on the get-go. And I feel there's a lot about starting by doing. Now you can start investing almost with your spare change. So you can really learn on the job. You don't need to know absolutely everything about the stock market or investing in order to get started. And basic knowledge actually really, really help. So for me, getting started will start with le learning a little bit the vocabulary, listening to these types of, you know, podcasts, educational resources online, maybe following a few accounts on, on, on social media and putting a little bit of money at, at work while you educate yourself. That can be some spare change, that can be £10 a month, £50 a month, £100 a month. And there are some platforms like, you know, the robo-advisors that will invest your money on your behalf. So that will help you get started a lot, a, a, a lot earlier. 
You also need to understand the product. In the UK, you can invest money via a pension. So if you have a pension, you're already an investor, maybe via work. If you're self-employed, if you're a business owner, you can open a personal pension. You can open, for example, a SIP, self-invested personal pension. And you can also invest via your ISA, individual savings accounts, so via a stock and share ISA or via lifetime ISA. So I let you go and discover this product. You can go on Money Helper. It's the government website. And you'll see very clear descriptions of what are these products and what are they for. It's something we spend a lot of time during the boot camps to discuss, like what's best? Is it a retirement fund? Is it a, pen, uh, is it a, a stock and share ISA? But actually, just get started. Just get started. And as you learn really look at, you know, what are the best uh, products for you. We talked about automating. Automating is going to be the key in your investing journey because you want to create a habit of investing and you don't want each month to ask yourself, oh, you know, do I do I invest this month? Do I not invest? Do I have enough money? It's a little bit like, you know, when I don't put my, you know, running shoes on the morning and go for a run straight away, then I take my shower and I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'm going to run later. I'll run at one or I run at three. And in the end, of course, you're never going to go because you're getting too busy. So with investing is the same. I, I automated my investment so that I know every month I have money. The first day when I get paid, that goes straight into my pension, my private pension, and my stocks and shares, and this money is automatically invested. That makes my life so much easier. I don't even need to look at my investments. Of course, I will look at my investment and my portfolio regularly and maybe change my allocation, so change where my money is invested. But you can automate a lot of this, a lot of this process. Remember now three very important principles. Time is your friend. There's no perfect time. So you should get started if you can. Really take this long-term approach. You don't want to invest the money you will need in the short term. Keep an eye on the long term and investments and will compound over time. And you see that at some point, your investment should grow um, exponentially. You sp want to spend time in the market versus timing the market. Remove this decision of trying to find the best time and really get started. Then the second thing is diversification. You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. So it's about building a portfolio that suits your goals and your level of risk. And we'll do a specific podcast episode about that. What is the relationship between risk and how do I translate that into the investments that I want to put in my portfolio? Do I need to put cash? Do I need to put some equities? Do I need to, to put some bonds? But first of all, is trying to think about what is the risk I want to take? What, um, what is my investment journey? What does it look like? When do I need the money? What is my financial health? What is my financial resilience? And the last thing, we've said it again and again, is consistency, regular investing, controlling your emotions. And women are great at doing that, not overreacting, not panicking. I've done that in the past, and that's actually the best way to lose money. And then follow your own path. Ignore, ignore the noise. Do it for yourself. When we have these boot camps where we have 30 women who are looking at their journey, all journeys are going to be different. They all want to invest. They all want to invest for the long term. But really make sure the investments you pick, the portfolio you build are going to be adapted to your personal situation. So to answer your questions, women can enter the investing world and they've entered the investing world and they're actually extremely successful investors. And if women and men don't know much about investing, we're seeing more women investing and we are building up because we're starting to learn more about investing. We're getting started on a small scale and we are very consistent when it comes to investing and really resilient with our investments. 
Please share your stories with me. If you started investing, let me know and I send you a massive well done to all of you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Please share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet with Sonia Barlow, award-winning entrepreneur, founder of the Like-Minded Females Network and diversity and inclusion coach. We will chat about how her culture impacts the way money works in her family and becoming an advocate for equality. <laughs>